With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They plodded forward, making a slow examination of the sand, followed behind by the solitary figure of their master. The two lines slowly approached each other, paralleling the shore. Near the dunes was a crude mound of stones, and the line of walking slaves stopped as soon as they reached it, dropping with satisfied grunts onto the sand. The Karen was obviously a border marker, and Ch'aka walked to it and rested his foot on one of the stones, watching while the other line of slaves approached. They too stopped at the Karen and settled to the ground. Both groups stared with dull-eyed lack of interest, and only the slave-masters showed any animation. The other master stopped a good ten paces before he reached Ch'aka and waved an evil-looking stone hammer over his head. "'Hate you, Ch'aka!' he roared. "'Hate you, Fasimba!' boomed back the answer. The exchange was as formal as a pas de deux, and just about as warlike. Both men shook their weapons and shouted a few insults, then settled down to a quiet conversation. Fasimba was garbed in the same type of hideous and fear-inspiring outfit as Ch'aka, differing only in unimportant details. Instead of a conch, his head was encased in the skull of one of the amphibious rosemaroi, brightened up with some extra tusks and horns. The differences between the two men were all minor, and mostly a matter of decoration or variation of weapon design. They were obviously slave-masters and equals. "'Killed a Rosmaro today, second time in ten days,' Ch'aka said. "'You got a good piece of coast. Plenty Rosmaroy. Where are the two slaves you owe me?' "'I owe you two slaves?' You owe me two slaves. Don't play like stupid. I got the iron arrows for you from the Zertanoi. One slave you paid with died. You still owe another one. I got two slaves for you. I got two slaves more. I pulled out of the ocean. You got a good piece of coast. Ch'aka walked down his line of slaves until he came to the overbold one he had half crippled with a kick the day before. Pulling him to his feet, he booted him toward the other mob. "'Here's a good one,' he said, delivering the goods with a last parting kick. "'Looks skinny. Not too good.' "'No, all muscles. Works hard. Doesn't eat much.' "'You're a liar.' "'Hate you, Fasimba. Hate you, Ch'aka. Where's the other one?' "'Got a good one. Stranger from the ocean. He can tell you funny stories. Work hard.' Jason turned in time to avoid the full force of the kick, but it was still strong enough to knock him sprawling. Before he could get up, Ch'aka had clutched Micah Salmon by the arm and dragged him across the invisible line to the other group of slaves. Fasimba stalked over to examine him, prodding him with a spiked toe. "'Don't look good. Big hole on the head.' "'He works hard,' Ch'aka said. "'Hole almost healed. He very strong.' "'You give me new one if he dies?' Fasimba asked doubtfully. I give you. Hate you, Fasimba. Hate you, Chaka. 
The slave herds were prodded to their feet and moved back the way they had come, and Jason shouted after Ch'aka. Wait! Don't sell my friend! We work better together! You can get rid of someone else! The slaves gaped at this sudden outburst, and Ch'aka wheeled, raising his club. You shut up! You're a slave! You tell me once more to do what, and I kill you! Jason shut up, since it was very obvious that this was the only thing he could do. He had a few qualms about Micah's possible fate. If he survived the wound, he was certainly not the type to bow to the inevitabilities of slaveholding life. Yet Jason had done his best to save him, and that was that. Now Jason would think about Jason for a while. They made a brief march before dark, apparently just until the other slaves were out of sight, then stopped for the night. Jason settled himself into the lee of a mound that broke the force of the wind a bit and unwrapped a piece of scorched meat he had salvaged from the earlier feast. It was tough and oily, but far superior to the barely edible crinoi that made up the greater part of the native diet. He chewed noisily on the bone and watched while one of the other slaves sidled over toward him. "'Give me some your meat.' The slave asked in a whining voice, and only when she talked did Jason realize that this was a girl. All the slaves were alike in their matted hair and skin wrappings. He ripped off a chunk of meat. Here, sit down and eat it. What's your name? In exchange for his generosity, he intended to get some information from his captive audience. Ijal. She tore at the meat, held tightly in one fist, while the index finger of her free hand scratched for enemies in her tangled hair. Where do you come from? Did you always live here? Like this? How do you ask a slave if she has always been a slave? Not here. I come from Bulwejo first, then Fasimba. Now I belong to Ch'aka. What or who is Bulwejo? Someone like our boss, Ch'aka? She nodded, gnawing at the meat. And the Zertanoi, that Fasimba gets his arrows from, who are they? You don't know much, she said, finishing the meat and licking the grease from her fingers. I know enough to have meat when you don't have any, so don't abuse my hospitality. Who are the Zertanoi? Everyone knows who they are, she shrugged with incomprehension and looked for a soft spot in the sand to sit down. They live in the desert. They go around in Karoi. They, they stink. They have many nice things. One of them gave me my best thing. If I show it to you, you won't take it? No, I won't touch it, but I would like to see anything they have made. Here, here's some more meat. Now let me see your best thing. Ijal rooted in her skins for a hidden pocket and dragged out something that she concealed in her clenched fist. She held it out proudly and opened it, and there was enough light left for Jason to make out the rough form of a red glass bead. "'Isn't this so very nice?' she asked. "'Very nice,' Jason agreed, and for an instant felt a touch of real sorrow when he looked at the pathetic bauble. This girl's ancestors had come to this planet in spaceships with a knowledge of the most advanced sciences. Cut off, their children had degenerated into this barely conscious slaves who could pride a worthless piece of glass above all things. I like you. I'll, I'll show you my best thing again. I like you, too. Good night. Chapter 5 Ijal stayed near Jason the next day and took the next station in line when the endless Krenoi hunt began. 
Whenever it was possible, he questioned her, and before noon had extracted all of her meager knowledge of affairs beyond the barren coastal plain where they lived. The ocean was a mystery that produced edible animals, fish, and an occasional human corpse. Ships could be seen from time to time offshore, but nothing was known about them. On the other flank, the territory was bounded by desert even more inhospitable than the one in which they scratched out their existence. A waste of lifeless sand, habitable only by the Zertanoi and their mysterious Karoi. These last could be animals, or mechanical transportation of some kind. Either was possible from Ijal's vague description. Ocean, coast, and desert. These made up all of her world, and she could conceive of nothing that might exist beyond. Jason knew there was more. The crossbow was proof enough of that, and he had every intention of finding out where it came from. In order to do that, he was going to have to change his slave status when the proper time came. He was developing a certain facility in dodging Ch'aka's heavy boot. The work was never hard, and there was ample food. Being a slave left him with no responsibilities other than obeying orders, and he had ample opportunity to discover what he could about this planet, so that when he finally did leave, he would be as well prepared as was possible. Later in the day another column of marching slaves was sighted in the distance, on a course paralleling their own, and Jason expected a repeat performance of the previous day's meeting. He was agreeably surprised that it was not. The sight of the others threw Ch'aka into an immediate rage that sent his slaves rushing for safety in all directions. By leaping into the air, howling with anger and beating his club against his thick leather armor, he managed to work himself into quite a state before starting off on a slogging run. Jason followed close behind him, greatly interested by this new turn of affairs. Ahead of them the other slaves scattered, and from their midst burst another armed and armored figure. They churned towards each other at top speed, and Jason hoped for a shattering crash when they met. However, they slowed before they hit and began circling each other, spitting curses. Hate you, Mashika! Hate you, Ch'aka! The words were the same, but shouted with fierce meaning, with no touch of formality this time. Kill you, Mashika! You coming again on my part of the ground with your carrion meat slaves! You lie, Ch'aka! This ground mine from way back. I kill you way back. Ch'aka leaped in as he screamed the words and swung a roundhouse blow with his club that would have broken the other man in two if it had connected. But Mashika was expecting this and fell back, swinging a counter blow with his own club that Ch'aka easily avoided. There followed a quick exchange of club work that did little more than fan the air, until suddenly both men were locked together and their fight began in earnest. They rolled together on the ground, grunting savagely, tearing at each other. The heavy clubs were of no use this close, and were dropped in favor of knives and knees. Jason can understand now why Ch'aka had the long tusks strapped to his kneecaps. It was a no-holds-barred fight, and each man was trying as hard as possible to kill his opponent. The leather armor made this difficult, and the struggle continued, littering the sand with broken-off animal teeth, discarded weapons, and other debris. It looked like it would be called a draw when both men separated for a breather, but they dived right back in again. It was Ch'aka who broke the stalemate when he plunged his dagger into the ground and on the next roll caught the handle in his mouth. Holding his opponent's arms in both his hands, he plunged his head down and managed to find a weak spot in the other's armor. 
Mashika howled and pulled free, and when he climbed to his feet blood was running down his arm and dripping from his fingertips. Ch'aka jumped after him, but the wounded man grabbed up his club in time to ward off the charge. Stumbling backward, he managed to pick up most of his discarded weapons with his wounded arm and beat a hasty retreat. Ch'aka ran after him a short way, shouting praise of his own strength and abilities and of his opponent's cowardice. Jason saw a short, sharp horn from some sea animal lying in the churned-up sand and quickly picked it up before Ch'aka turned back. Once his enemy had been chased out of sight, Ch'aka carefully searched the battleground and scavenged anything of military value. Though there was still some hours of daylight left, he signaled a halt and distributed the evening ration of Krenoi. Jason sat and chewed his portion reflectively, while Ijal leaned against his side, her shoulder moving rhythmically as she scratched some hidden mite. Lice were inescapable. They hid in the crevices of the badly cured hides and emerged with clicking jaws whenever the warmth of human flesh came near. Jason had his quota of the pests and found his scratching keeping time with hers. This syncopation of scratch triggered the anger that had been building within him, slow and unnoticed. I'm serving notice, he said, jumping to his feet. I'm through with this slave business. Which way is the nearest spot to the desert where I can find the Zertanoi? Over there, a, a two-day walk. How are you going to kill Ch'aka? I'm not going to kill Ch'aka. I'm just leaving. I've enjoyed his hospitality and his boot long enough and feel like striking out for myself. You, you can't do that, she gasped. You will be killed. Ch'aka can't very well kill me if I'm not here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.